Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Amen. First Kings 17, and I'm going to pick up in verse, verse 1. It says this, Now Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe in Gilead said to Hahab, As the Lord the God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. Wow, that's a powerful prophet, if you can say something like that. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah Leave here, turn eastward, and hide in the Kerith Ravine, east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I've directed the ravens to supply you with food there. So he did what the Lord had told him. If I'm not going to preach today, verse 5 really says it all. So he did what the Lord told him. Some of us need to do what Jesus is telling us to do. And some of us are not, we're trying to look for a better word because we don't like what Jesus is telling us to do. But we need to do what he's telling us to do. So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Kerith Ravine, east of the Jordan, and stayed there. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. Sometime later the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I've directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, would you bring me a little water in the jar so I might have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called and said, bring me please a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make make a meal for myself and my son so that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you've said, but first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. Praise God. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Amen. Praise God. What a great story. The Lord spoke to me this week. I woke up. It doesn't happen often. This Sometimes I'll be praying and the Lord speaks to me about a word. But I was woke up the other morning and I felt the Lord said to me, I want you to speak. The moment I opened my eyes, I felt the Lord say, Elijah and the ravens, and I want you to talk about that story. And so I looked into it and I really feel that the Lord wants to speak to, if it's one person here, well, if everyone else falls asleep, I'm speaking to that one person this afternoon who needs to hear what God has to say. And the title of this message today is, The Director's Cut. The Director's Cut. You see, in this story, you'll find that Elijah has just uh, gone to King Ahab in verse 1 and declares to him that there's going to be a drought. He declares there's going to be a drought in the land for several years which we know if we look in the Word of God, lasts for three and a half years. But this drought's going to come and and, and it's going to affect the land. And then we see that as he directs Ahab, tells him what's going to happen, immediately God begins to give directions to Elijah of what he needs to do. So I want to just encourage you, first of all, because some of you right now, when you move into a new year, and whenever you are in any year really, we're always in seasons of, some of us are in seasons of drought, of things happening in our lives where you could say, you know, it's not necessarily the rain that stopped, but things are just not going the way that I want them to. We can be in seasons where we feel like if there's a drought in in my finances or there's, there's something happening, 
is God really here? But can I say that even when God allows things in your life, he always gives you direction to lead you to the next place. So just because it feels like God's not there doesn't mean he's not there. And Elijah gets these instructions of direction of what he has to do. But it's interesting because we find in this story that not only Elijah gets directed, but even the birds get directed. The widow gets directed. How many of you know that God is not just, he's not just giving you directions, but God gives directions to lead you to his preparations? So he's constantly preparing things for you. I'm excited at that because sometimes when I'm taking directions and steps from the Lord and he says to turn left or he's a bit like, it's that kind of, we we describe a lot of the Holy Spirit like a a sat-nav on the inside, that GPS system that kind of says to us, you know, when we, we pray and we feel that we've got to do something or take a decision, a new job or whatever it is, that we're listening to what God says. But how many of you know you make decisions sometimes, but you don't always see the, the fullness of what you want to see. But it's interesting that God is always working ahead of you, preparing things, but you still have to make decisions to lead yourself into his preparations. And so what we see is that these ravens that are going to be directed, the widow that's going to be directed in this story, we're going to look at more. We see that God is in the business of directing things in your life, even when you can't see them. I I had the pleasure at Christmas, I always like to go, Jacob loves to watch Star Wars. So we watched Star Wars, the new one that comes out every year. And I took him to see Star Wars and halfway through the film, we, we, we sit in the view cinema, we always get the, 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 the nice comfy seats and, and, and plot up there and I get myself a coffee to stay awake because I can't, I seem to always fall asleep in the cinema. And um, it's, it's, a, it's a great opportunity, if you just need a break from the kids and you just, just put a film on and I go there for a sleep. But we went there to the cinema and I'm, I'm like, halfway through every film because I get such a big coffee, I always need the toilet, I'm just, I think it's because I'm getting older. But I, I need a loo, so I know I'm going to have one loo trip. And uh, partway through, I thought, I'm going to have to wait for a part of the film that's not so interesting, so it doesn't look so good, and I'm going to make my move. And I did, and I went. And then I came back, and the first thing Jake had said to me was, Dad, you missed the great part of the movie. How did I not see that one coming? How many of you know that when you miss something in a film, for the rest of the film, I kind of got it, but... If you don't see some scenes, sometimes the story doesn't make sense. So sometimes you miss a scene and the story doesn't make sense to you. And it's like that in your life. Do you know the Bible says that we prophesy, we, look, we see through a, da- a glass darkly. We don't see everything, so you're not going to know everything about your life. But the, the truth is this, that if, you don't, if, you, if you've not seen a scene in your life that God is working behind the scenes on, even if you've not seen the scene, it doesn't mean it didn't happen. You see, the reality is, is that when I walked back in the room, the scene had happened, I just missed out. And there are times in your life when God is working on your behalf, working behind the scenes, and we don't see this, but he's always working for your good. Now, the the faith element is that you've got to trust him when you didn't see the scene. And sometimes when you didn't see the scene and you're confused and you're thinking, why is this happening? I've just got something to tell you. When you get to heaven, you're going to understand. You see, the difference is this. Two weeks later, Lewis said to me, Dad, I want to watch Star Wars. I thought, this is getting costly. So I waited for Super Monday and I went back to view. And I got another Americano. But I was determined this time not to miss the film. And I made sure that the bit that I went out on last time, I saw. It's interesting, the second time round, the film made so much more sense. Because I caught the scene. In the future, you're going to look back at your life and understand the things that you question God over. When you look back, you'll see, God, I understood you were working. He's working behind the scenes. Do you know the director's cut of a film is the director's original intention of what that film should be. 
So many times the marketeers, the production managers and teams will always strip things out. They'll edit things to make it marketable to people and sell the film. But the director has his intention. And I believe over your life, it, the Psalm 139 says that all, all the days ordained for you were written in his book before they came to be. We know that his, his intention for your life, there is a director's cut and he's in heaven watching over you, working over your life. There is a plan for you plans as well and he's not forgot about you so if it feels like you're in a drought right now the key is this to do what he tells you to do this year he's going to be talking to you we've talked a lot about this about 2020 vision don't worry you you, you've got the same vision you can hear the same God as you heard last year but listen to me you've got to do what he tells you to do because if you don't listen get this the stage is set The scene is being set. The props, the ravens, the widow are all being aligned by God. The question is, do you align yourself to him? Because if you're not aligning yourself, when the stage is being set, I'm afraid you're not going to get the right cue and you're not going to be there to meet the widow. You're not going to be there to meet the ravens that come to the brook that are going to give you the blessing. Some of you are going to end up at the wrong brook. And so I want to just encourage you, first thing today, before I even get preaching, is to tell you that God has an intention, but his preparations need you to respond to him. If Elijah would not have gone, that would have been a big problem. It's a great thing to get a word and go and tell Ahab, oh, you know, there's going to be a drought. Imagine that, and then, then you see this, this kind of happening. But if you don't do as God, God is in the business of protecting you in these seasons as well, and leading us. Start preaching. John chapter 14 verse 2, Jesus says this. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. Wow. Now he's talking about eternity. He says that my father's, all the rooms my father's got. And he talks about preparing this place. And some of us imagine what that looks like. And I've always thought, you know, I'm going to get a mansion. And I'll invite all my friends around. And we we, we imagine what heaven's going to be like. But Jesus tells us. He's preparing a place. What that looks like, I do not know. Whether it's got gold streets, I don't know. But I know it's going to be amazing. I get questions a lot. The kids say, what will heaven be like? I don't know. But I know it's going to be better than this place. I'm not too worried about that at the moment. But I know it's going to be good. It's going to be amazing. But, But listen, get this. If Jesus is preparing a place for you now... How much more is he preparing things for you here? If he can prepare a home for you in eternity, how much more is he dealing with the rental accommodation for next week? How much more is he dealing with that property you're trying to buy? How much more is he dealing with the job that you want and you didn't get, but you're waiting for God to give you the job? How much more? You've got, you got to stop worrying. Come on. You can worry yourself to death. We don't want to worry. We, if we understand that Jesus, that one line is preparing a place for me in eternity, then I've got no problem in understanding that he's not preparing a place for me here. He's preparing everything. He's always at work. John chapter 5 verse 17, my father, Jesus said, is always at work to this very day. And I too am working. If you think think the depiction of Jesus is that he's sat on some cloud watching and he's slumbering and going to sleep and he's missed your life, no, he's at work. He is at work for you. I put here that God's storyboard of our life is much bigger than the current scene we're living in. Now, now listen, what do I mean by that? I used to work in, in media and design, and one of the roles I had as a designer was to make films. So I, I made films. And one job I got one year was to, to make a, a film that would celebrate the 50-year anniversary of a company, a well-known company in Cambridge. And they gave me the job to do it. So I had to think of a theme. I had to think of how am I going to make this film for 100 delegates would sit in a room 
watch this film as the opening film to their special day. And I'm talking people from some of the biggest companies in the world would sit in this room. hundred of the best clients. So they gave me the job for the opening two-minute movie to celebrate 50 years of innovation and what that company's done. And so I'm thinking, what can I do? But I realized that they gave me the budget. They gave me the, the ability to go and get a cameraman and bring in the video guys and do all this. And I put all the dates in the diary for the video guys to come. But one thing I realized so soon is that I can't have just video guys show up, make a film without a storyboard. I need to plan what they're going to film. And the storyboard means that I can bring these guys in and say, I need to get these clips in this time because I'm paying them all day to do it. So they need to know what to film. So I had my intention, my storyboard. Sometimes they were filming things, didn't understand what I was thinking of. So they would film sections and all they wanted is the money. But I would grab the footage and I knew that in my editing program, I'd put it all together and it would work all seamlessly into the film that was in my mind. I want to say sometimes you don't understand what God's asking you to do. Sometimes you don't even realize you're like the widow and your, prep- your preparation. You're a segment of a scene for someone else's life. That God is using you. Because he sat at the editing program, feeding these things in, pulling in the material. He's the one who pulls all things together. The question is not just about what God's going to do in your life this year. The question is, are you willing to be a widow? Are you willing to be like the raven so you can be a piece of the puzzle for someone else's blessing? Are you willing to be used? Are you willing to, to entrust your life as a servant for God to use you in his editing timeline? Oh no, I just want it to be about my life. No, sometimes you've got to lay your life down and say, God, use me as a piece of a scene for someone else's life to bring you glory. If you do that, then he's going to use you even more. He's looking for humble people who are willing to be just a scene clip for someone else's life. He's always working. You know, sometimes we don't see how he's working. Paul writes this in Philippians 1 verse 6. From Rome in prison to the church in Philippi, he says this, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. What is he saying there? He's saying, I can't see you. I, I can't see the scene. I can't, I can't even be in the church right now. But I'm confident. I don't see what's happening, but I'm confident that what God has started Whether I see it or not, it's happening. And he's going to finish it. It's completed. It's done. So you're saying right now, my life looks like an unedited film. It looks like it's in pieces. It looks like the the, the editor, the, 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 the director's just not got this together. Let me tell you, he's got it way together. Don't worry whether it looks and makes sense just now. But trust God. Trust Him in the drought. Trust Him in the seasons that you're walking in. What do we learn from Elijah and how he was directed? Well, number one is this. Just like today, the Holy Spirit is our guidance. He's speaking to us. The Holy Spirit wants to, desires to direct us into a place of purpose. Purpose. There is a purpose for your life. If you're not thinking there's a purpose for your life, well, you're in the right place today for me to tell you there is. There is a purpose for you. Oh no, but there's only purpose for those real holy ones or those real ones who really love the... No, there's a purpose for every single human being on this planet. Even the ones who hate God. There's a purpose. And so I want to encourage you today that first and foremost, if you're going to walk into God's purpose, you've got to first understand that you have a purpose. Believe... That you have a purpose, even in those seasons of drought. First Kings 17 and verse 2 says, Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. He's just announced this drought. Leave here. Imagine if you had a, a, a real, you, you got up for your morning devotions. You had this such clear direction. Leave here. Turn eastward. Hide in the Kerith Ravine. I mean, some of us want such specific words. The Kerith Ravine and east of Jordan. 
Oh, and, and, and by the way, you will drink from the brook, and I've directed the ravens to supply you with food there. Wow. That's like today, you going to a prophetic conference, someone picking you out and saying to you this, stand up, John. I want you to turn left tomorrow when you get to the A469. I want you to go down that road, get off at Junction 52. If you drive down that road, I want you to go. There's a little brook. You need to hide. You'll see a place where you can hide by a little river. I want you to hide down there. And by the way, I'm going to send some birds. In fact, some people are going to arrive. They're going to just give you food. You're going to be blessed. You just need to go to this GPS location. It's on Google. Here's the exact direction. That's what it was like. He was getting specific Words. In fact, do you know what? We need some, sp- some specific words coming in the kingdom of God through prophets. Come on. We've got to believe for God to start using people and raising people up in such accuracy in these times. Do you want that or do you just want someone just saying just simple things? We don't want the simple. We want to move on to the meat, don't we? I want to hear what God's got to say in accuracy. And we've got to be open to it. We're not talking about doing it to, to make ourselves look better. We're talking about so people get clear, you know, Macedonian call words. Where God is directing them to places of influence in ministry. And so he gets this word to go and directed so specifically and says, and God says, I'm directing you, son, but when you get there, Guess what? I'm directing the ravens to you as well. Do you know what? Have you noticed the difference here? God prepares things and directs things like ravens. The ravens don't get a choice. The ravens don't get a God does not go to the ravens and say, listen, I've got a job for you. After you read your daily devotions and pray, just decide whether you'd like to go to Elijah and take him some meat and bread. I'm going to keep prompting you. No, he directs them because they're a different species. We're far more important than the animals. He gives you choice. And so Elijah has a choice. Have you noticed the difference here? Elijah could mess this whole thing up. Everything's been prepared. The ravens, oh, God has the power to direct those raven birds right to that brook to bring him the provision that he needs to sustain him through a drought. He's ready to, 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 to influence uh, humanity, influence what's happening on the earth to do this for him. Now Elijah could miss all that if he doesn't do what God says. Do, all he has to do is say, do you know what, I'm not so sure about this. I ain't got a piece about that brook. Tell me, you, when you take a step for the Lord in a drought and you've got to do what God tells you to do in these seasons and times, you ain't always got a peace about it, I'll tell you. So he goes down to the brook and, and, and God is going to bless him and he uses these ravens. Do you know what I love about that? He uses raven birds. Do you know what raven birds in the Bible are like unclean birds? That tells me something. That if God is willing to use, as an illustration to Elijah, I'm going to use the unclean things to bring my purpose and plan to you. How much more will I use you when you feel unclean? Some of you right now feel like God can't direct you because you're not holy enough. You don't feel godly enough this year. And so what you do is, and this is where the devil comes in, you start to feel like I've got to feel holier and better about myself in order for God to direct me. Do you know that God will direct you whether you feel holy or not? We've, we've looked at it recently in the book of James, that he gives his wisdom generously without finding fault. So the ability to hear from God and to take his directions, we've got to be prepared to listen understanding that he's, if he will use the unclean birds, then he's going to direct my life. If he's got purpose for the birds, he's got purpose for me. Hallelujah. You see, I put here that we can be so focused on God's purpose for us that we miss God's protection and preparation for us. You see, what he said is, he said, I want you to go down to the the brook, not only to be fed, but to hide. Do you know sometimes there are times in your life when God will direct you to a scene of the story and you've got to take a pause there and be patient. 
You've got to hide because he's about to reveal what he's hidden. But it's not your time yet. Because the brook was never the destination. The brook was just the place where he's leading you to for a season. Some of you right now, you're not going to be in this church in several years. And I'm not going to get angry when you move on. Why? Because God is leading you on from the brook. To your next stepping stone. To the next place where of influence. Because you can't influence in the brook enough. God's got even more for you. You've got more to do. More to do. In the nations of the world. Look, it's not all about this church. And so what we've got to understand is that when he takes this step towards the brook. He's ready. He's understanding that God is directing me in this season. The drought. This tough season. And he's putting all these things, he's preparing. The stage has been set for me. The ravens are coming in. You know, some of us don't, we, we don't under, understand this. We underestimate what God is doing. I'm telling you now, do you know, you've got to start looking around and start being attentive in the spirit to what God is doing in your life right now. Stop looking at the problems in 2020 and all stuff that happened last year and start to reanalyze your life and start to look at some of the ravens that have come your way. We're not looking at the ravens, we're looking at the problems. Look at Jonah, for example. Jonah, all about direction from God. So we got Jonah who is, in, Jonah's one, in chapters 1, 2, and 3, we see that he's directed to go, and, and to, go to Nineveh to, to preach the word. And we know that he doesn't really want to do it. So he jumps ship. He's, he's like, I'm not doing that. And what happens is, and I'm so thankful of God, because God, when we sometimes decide not to, and some of you right now have been a bit of a Jonah, and you know it. This right now, what I'm about to say to you, challenges you right to the core, because you know that you've been ignoring what God told you to do. Putting it off, putting it on the shelf. And, 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 and just like Jonah, he ignores, but it says the word came to him a second time. So God always comes back again. You made mistakes last year and messed up. 2020 doesn't mean it's all downhill from here. His word comes back a second time. Do you know that when his word comes back a second time, you can be on the completely wrong ship and you can still sort it out? Wow. And, and what do we see? The first thing we see here, like the ravens, he messes up. And some of you right now, you're messed up because you took some wrong decisions, took some wrong turns. And he messes up and what we see is just like the ravens. Right at that point in time, he makes this, this, this um, f- fish get to the boat. At the moment, the lots, are ca- the, the lots are cast and he's thrown overboard. Right there and then, it's not probability this. This is God. This is God. You don't get a, a, a fish arriving at that moment in time to do everything that happened next by probability. It's directed. Come on. God is not just directing ravens. He's directing fish. If you can direct a fish, come on. You've got to start getting wise. He can direct you. So he directs the fish. The fish, you know, brings him up to Nineveh. Nice journey across to Nineveh and delivers him there. And we see the next thing that happens is it says that a plant grows up to protect him from the sun. He says that it springs up overnight. This is the God that you sing about. (laughs) This plant sprang up overnight. Now, I like my video editing and things we do, but I've got a thing on my camera that's called a time lapse. And if I want to see something grow overnight, I have to watch David Attenborough's wildlife programs on time lapse. But listen, you don't need time lapse with the God who creates. Because he makes things speed up. And so he, he directs the plant to grow quicker. Then after the plant... Even when he grumbles, because some of us are like this, we all grumble. He then directs a little worm. Come on. There are some worms that have been eating away at you, haven't they? Might have been God. Sending them your way because of the grumbling. You didn't do this to me, God. I'm so upset. Listen, 
God is in the business of directing ravens, widows, fish, plants to grow quicker than they should, worms to eat the plants away. Luke chapter 19, story of Zacchaeus. I love this. Zacchaeus, he's coming to meet Jesus. He wants to see him. What does he do? He climbs a sycamore tree. We had a sycamore tree in our garden when I was a young boy. These things grow to, I don't know, 35 foot tall or whatever. A couple of hundred years. Do you realize that God knew that Zacchaeus one day would walk and want to find a position to see Jesus? So what does he do? He makes the seed of the sycamore tree land in the right spot, the right place. Just so that he could see him. He's directing the trees, the plants, everything. Luke chapter 19, a little later on, we see just after that story, we see the arrival of Jesus into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. What does he say to his disciples? Go ahead of me into Bethpage. You'll find a little donkey there. Untie it, tell them I need it. They'll give it you. Why? Because 500 years ago, Zechariah 9.9 specified that I'll ride in on a donkey. And boy, I've made sure that donkey's there. Go and get it. You'll get it. It's fine. He directs donkeys. Even speaks through them. Come on. You've got to get this in your mind this afternoon. That if he's directing all this stuff, what is he doing with you? And the ability we have to hear his voice. You can hear him. He's directing you into your purpose, into preparations. The stage is set for you in 2020. Are you willing to walk in and allow him to work in your life? Do you know I'm so thankful? I'm so thankful that in 1960, 65 or whatever it was, round about that time, we don't know the exact date, but Ralph and Skip, Pastor Ralph Inskip bought this building for, I don't know, 30,000 pounds. He's not here with us now. He's passed away and gone on to be with Jesus. Now he knows everything. He's seeing all the scenes. But do you know what? When he bought this building, and they were going to bulldoze this down and build flats, but he saw purpose. He saw you in his spirit. He saw living stones where they were about to destroy the thing. And he said, I'm going to buy this because I believe, and he bought this as it was a church at the time, and now today, he's not here to physically see it right now, but what you're, what you're experiencing and you're living and being part of this community of believers is him making a decision to give everything they had to buy this building right at that point in time to do what God said in order for God's fulfillment and preparations and plans so that in the future you would walk in through those doors, those glass doors, you grab a coffee and you thought you'd just been brought here because you just arrived in Cambridge to study. But what you didn't realize is that many years ago before you were even born, when Pastor Ralph was signing the agreement that you would walk in this building, Because he knew everything. And then you start to listen to God. You start to hear his call. You looked on Google. You searched for Pentecostal churches. And you realized this was the best one to come to. So you came. You know it was God. You you searched for churches on fire. And this came up number one. You just thought it was your Google algorithm that presented that to you. Actually, the reality is God's brought you here. I realize that every person sat in this room, you're not sat here because Google brought you here. You sat here because God brought you here. Your wheels did, yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. God is directing. Listen, he's directing ravens, brooks, donkeys, you name it, fish, plants, He's directing you people. Jesus said this in Luke chapter 12 verse 24. He's speaking about people worrying about their life. And he says this, consider the ravens. Consider the ravens. This is Jesus speaking now. Consider the ravens. In other words, consider the, I'm going to put it in my terms, consider those unclean birds. Consider those birds that are scavengers. Those birds that are looking for things and Consider the ravens, he says, 
They don't sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than the birds? Wow. Hallelujah. He is directing your purpose. Number two is this, that God is directing you out of a place of poverty. It says this sometime later in verse 7. The brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I've directed a widow there to supply you with food. It's interesting that he gets to this brook that he's supposed to hide at. He's now supposed to drink from. He's going to get the ravens flowing in. And all these things are happening. The stage has been set as he's doing what God tells him to do. But how many of you know that sometimes when God takes you to places, when he wants you to move on, he might dry up the brook. The drought dries up the brook. But brooks are not always the places that God is wanting to bring you to because he's got even greater things for you to go to. And so it's at these points when dryness comes that he's in this brook and you can imagine him hiding there and things are getting dry and he sees the water levels dropping in the brook to the point when it's completely dry. Now the, the ground is cracking. But how many of you know that sometimes when things happen like that in your life and it feels like things have been depleted and took away from you and it feels like things are getting drier in your life, how many of you know that they're the best places for God to speak to you? You're like, no, 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 God, I want it to be a nice, nice blue brook that I can have a swimming and a drink from and stay here, and then you'll speak to me one day when I'm in my devotions after I've had a swim in the brook. But no, 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 no. God will always catch your attention when you feel so depleted of everything around you, you're stripped back. That's when he can speak to you. And you might say, no, that's not true. Well, he will speak to you in all seasons. But one thing I've learned is this, that when everything's been stripped away from me, it seemingly feels for me that I'm a bit more attentive to God. I don't know about you, but when everything's stripped away, then you start to listen a bit more. You see, God will take you into seasons where things dry up in order for him. That's where he brings the next command. He says, now you need to go on because now... You passed the first test, son. You got the ravens. I've got, I've got a person now who's going to bring you some food, supply for you there. You're going to go to, to this place, this next destination. Can I just say to some of us right now, do you know what we want? What, what we want in 2020? We're saying to God, I want you to direct me and I'd like a time travel, please, God, because I want to get to the point where I get to heal the son of the widow, the resurrection. I want to get right to the end of that story. I want to leap over everything else because I'm ready for that. And God is saying the only time you're ready is when your character can stay in a brook and you can take the instructions to go through to that point. It's the brook where you build your character. Some of us want to be right in the house when we need to do a miracle. The only reason he could do that is because he had faith in the brook. And so some of us have got to understand that God will direct us out of places of poverty. He'll take us into his provision. It's interesting that in John chapter 4, the woman at the well in Samaria, it's interesting that she is open, listen, she's open in her dryness, she receives revelation. So she comes and she thought she was... She thought her brook was okay. She got a jar. She thought everything's fine. What she didn't realize is the relationships she was involved in were not satisfying her. So therefore, she meets Jesus. Jesus talks to her about and, and brings revelation in her dryness. So much so, she leaves the jar and runs down. Now she runs in direction to purpose. In your dryness, God will speak to you. He'll direct you. And lead you into what he has. But you've got to trust him that when you go to the next place, that if he did it for you in the brook, he can do it for you in the next place. Now, my, 
my, my son the other day, he said to me this, he said, he, he saw me in co-op go up to the, the cashier till, and because there's no cash machine in, in our village co-op now, they've removed it. And so I have to get cash back if I need some cash. So I got cash back. And then the other day, my son Lewis said to me, he said, Dad, when you go around to the co-op, so I'm just nipping to the shop. He says, when you go to the shop, Dad, can you ask the lady at the shop to give you £10 from me? He thought that she just gives £10. How good would that be? I think he's seen that many of the cash machines with the big sign above saying free cash withdrawals. I mean, I don't know about you, but every time I see that, it's like, I don't know, I almost feel like if I just use my, my card, it's like, do I get cash free? It wouldn't be the same, would it, if all these cash machines had an advert saying there is no penalty charge for drawing cash out. But it's free cash withdrawals. It's, it kind of draws you to the machine, even though it's your own money. Subliminal. And so I said, son, you don't realize when I go down to cut, that comes out of my bank account. She doesn't just give £10 away. Yeah, but she, she did for you the other day. She got it out of the till. That's not out of your bank. Yes, it is out of my bank. Why do I say that? Because we need to have the same faith, sometimes like this, that where we're going to go to, God is going to provide. We don't understand it. We don't know how it happens. But what we do know is, he does it. And he blesses us. So some of you got to have the same faith as what my son has for, I don't understand how she give you that money, but all I know is you just said 10 pounds and she gives it, she gave it to you. Stop asking questions and get to the next destination and he'll do it for you. It's not to know how, it's to know who. Who will provide for us? Who We'll do these things. I put here that it takes faith to leave a place of familiarity into a place of promised prosperity. Do you know that's one of the, 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 the biggest problems he would have had? Never mind the brook drying up. It's familiarity. When you stay in a place that you've been protected and hiding, and you're in that place where God even told you to go, sometimes there's a fear of leaving because you're scared. Because familiarity is the thing that keeps you there. But familiarity can sometimes rob you of destiny. So you've got to be prepared to say, God, I'm not going to stay here. I'm I'm not going to stay here because I feel safe. And this feels like the place I've been living and I'm getting comfortable here. But I'm going to go because you told me to go. And I'm going to believe you're going to bless me again. Pastor Levi Lusko says this, comfort zones don't keep your life safe. They keep your life small. Some of you are staying in the brook because it's what God told you to do. And he said, no, it's time to leave. It's time to go from the brook. Do you know the problem is sometimes is though, you've ended up getting to a brook that was not the brook that God told you to go to. And the brook's dried up. And you get into not financial poverty, but spiritual poverty. Because you took a wrong turn and you start to look at the things you shouldn't look at. You start to do the things you shouldn't do. And when you start to do the things you shouldn't do and look at the things you shouldn't look at, and some of you know what I mean. When you began to do that, what happened is your brook dried up. And the same way God works in places that he did send you, he'll he'll, he'll work in the places he didn't send you. Because he'll allow those things to dry you up, to cause you to come back to him, to get on the right path and the right direction back to where he wants you to be. Jeremiah says this, that we build our own cisterns, in cisterns that can't hold the water. And what happens is we get dry, and that's like the woman at the well. She looked in the wrong places, but God was there, Jesus was there, willing to redirect a path. Some of you right now are in that spiritual poverty and you can stay in that brook but listen you know if you stay in that brook you'll miss the people the provision and the promise God's got for you you think it's a good place you think you're getting satisfaction there but listen to me there are people walking in on the stage and they're walking in later on in your life and you're not then do you know what God is not a respecter of person so he'll use someone else oh but no he won't he'll, he'll make another way he will make a way if you if you surrender your life to him but listen, God is, God is not going to wait around for you to keep sinning. 
That widow was ready and waiting. He was working in her life. But God needs you to react. Don't stay in the brook looking at the wrong stuff. Don't stay in a brook that wasn't supposed to be your brook and miss on the next scene of God's order. You see, the widow and the props were waiting. She just needed the prophet to arrive. If the prophet didn't arrive, then it didn't mean anything. The stage is set for us. It's time for some of you right now to leave that brook. You know what that is for you. That brook in your life that's dried up. That brook in your spiritual walk that has dried up. That actually, you come here, you look alive, but actually you're dead inside. And you need God to fill you again. With his life again. You need God to fill you with the life of the Holy Spirit again. So you're refreshed. You can walk into the fullness of everything he's got for you. With a joy inside your heart. Amen? Deuteronomy 1.6 Moses spoke to God's people at Mount Horeb. Forty years they've been traveling through the wilderness. What should have took 11 days. Forty years. In a desert. In dryness. He produces water for them. But in dryness, in their rebellious attitudes. In the times that they sinned, all the things that they did wrong. It took 40 years. Let me tell you, don't stay in the brook for 40 years. Get out. Deuteronomy 1, 6, Moses says this to them. He says, you have stayed long enough at this mountain. Break camp and advance. I've got a word for you today. It's time to break camp from the brook. It's time to get from the brook Don't stay in the dry places, taking time, wasting time. It's time to break camp and advance to the purposes, the promises, the fulfillment of everything God's got for you. Three people are ready for that. Come on. Are you ready to walk into his fullness? His promises. He didn't want, God didn't want them in the desert. He says, we've been walking around this mountain too long. It's time to break camp. We've got to advance. We've got to advance, break out of this place. You've either got to break, break free from a place where God positioned you or even a place where he didn't position you. But get out and move on to everything he has. And finally, as we come to close, God wants to direct you into a place of provision. How many of you know that this story looks, as we look at this story, he's providing on the way, but he he brings Elijah to a place of great provision. And for the woman and her son. I love those stories, those miraculous stories of God, when, when God comes in and they trust God. They trust it with the little they have and God comes through. He directs us into provision. Verse 10 of 1 Kings 17 says, So Elijah went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and, and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? Do you know what I find interesting about this? We know that the widow has been directed by God. Now, we don't know how she was and what happened in her life, in her daily devotions and prayer time, or however she was communicating with God. But one thing I know is that when she was collecting those sticks at the town gate, and normally the town gate is where you meet everyone. So if I was her, and God had told me to give things away to people when I'm on my last meal for me and my son before we die in the drought, I don't know about you, but I don't know if I go to the town gate. I think I'd stay at home. I'd hide. I'd find my own little brook and hide away and say, come on, son, we're going to hide. Because I, I don't want to give. I don't know about you, but when I'm down to my very last thing, it's, it's those times when I'm not the best person to ask to give. What, what was God thinking to ask the widow to give something to the prophet when she had hardly anything left? That's because God 
will always direct you where it most affects you. So he knew that if she's down to the last bit, this this is the type of person I want to ask now. Because it will bring glory to my name. And, And listen, you're thinking right now, why is God asking me to give? Or not just give financially, but sow my life more, even when everything's getting busier. Oh, you don't understand, pastor. My life's getting busier. I ain't got time for church. I've got so much more on. Do you know that is the time when God is going to ask you to give more. He's not waiting for you to... Listen, I've heard so many times, year on, year on, year out, of people in church telling me, when I've got a bit more time, when I've got a bit more time, I just want to release myself to the Lord more. I'm like, I've heard that so many times. I'm sorry. It's not happening. It is not happening. Life is getting busier. Stop telling me when you got a bit more time. Time is your greatest asset. Did you know that? And you don't even own it. But time is the most valuable thing you've got left, however long you've got. And you know that. That it's not your riches, it's not your home, it's not your car, it's not your bank account, it's your time. If you ask someone, they'll far, they'll far greater give you some money than they will their time. Time's valuable. You know it. And so when people say, when I get a bit more time, then I'll do... And, and, and what I realize is that she is stripped back to nothing. And you wouldn't want to be at the town gate meeting this guy that God's told you that I, I want you to give. Remember, he's, told, he's directed the widow. So she knows some, something is coming. I don't understand what it is, but when it comes, and, and, and that's why Elijah comes and shouts like, can I have some, some water and some bread? Boom, it's like in a spirit. Oh, this is it. I knew I shouldn't have come to the town gate. And she says, I've only got a bit left. And have you noticed that when even God, even when you know God's asking you and you knew he was going to ask you, you still come up with a reason not to. So you're like, even though she knew in her spirit, this is it. Oh, goodness me. This is it. I'm still going to try and reason with logic to hopefully get the prophet of God to try and reason with me and understand me. You try and reason with God to make him understand your finances, to understand your life. So uh, you don't understand this is the last meal we've got. At that point, you'd think the caring man of God would have thought, wow, she's not the best person to ask to tithe. I'll let her off. No, he shouts out and says, hang on. Do you know why he said this? Because he knew God had directed her. Because he'd already been told. So he can't ignore what God's told him to do. So he shouts out and says, I understand it's your last meal, but before, look at, look at the tithing principle here. Before you have your meal, can I have one first? It's like, how rude are you? Before you go and eat, can I have just, and he, he doesn't ask for it all. He says just a small bit, small cake that he just wants. And so he asked for this small bit, and, and it's at this point that she could have responded and said no, but she doesn't. She responds to give him what he needs. God will provide for you. You have to trust him. Even when you're down, stripped back in your time and your money, he will provide for you. Amen? Do you believe that? I want you to just say to sow and to trust God with your money and finances. Not because you know me, I don't preach money much. But I'm telling you today that if, if, if you've been reanalyzing your finance and thinking, I can't afford it to give, I want to just say to you, you can't outgive God. He's just going to totally bless you. But not just finances, more greater than finances. Because by the way, God did not call us to keep church buildings up, up. I don't know sometimes how some pastors sleep with the amount of buildings that they're trying to keep running. Air conditioning bills and... God did not call us to keep buildings running. He called us for the kingdom. So the key is this. Give your finances. That's irrelevant. 
Your time is more valuable. You as a person are more valuable to God than your money. Hallelujah. Elijah knew he could ask her because God had directed her. Hallelujah. 1 Kings 17 verse 15. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. And there was food every day for Elijah. And for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry. In keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. How many of you know that when God says it, it's happening? Come on. How many of you know that when he said it to Elijah, it is happening? If God says it to you, he's speaking to you in your spirit this afternoon. It's not just words that are landing. God is speaking right into your heart and you know what you've got to do this year. You know that God is calling you to nations. God is calling you to do something that you didn't think you could do. You thought it's not time yet, but God is saying right now to you, it's time to go. No matter how big the drought, he's with you. He's there, walking through this with you. Do you know what I absolutely love about this story is that all the way through this drought, God is controlling the clouds. All this is going on below. Talk about the stage. Now he's, he, he's controlling the weather. We ain't just got birds. It's not just the ravens, it's not just the widow, it's not just Elijah, it's not just the brook. It's now the weather. He's controlling the clouds. But while he controls the clouds that cause the drought, he's controlling the containers that hold the oil and the, and the flour. He controls the levels that they never run out. He's, he's interested in the magnitude of things, the things that you think are great. Wow, God can control the weather, but he can also control that little bit of oil in the cupboard. He's interested in the little things in your life, did you know? He's not just, he's not, God is not just going around doing dramatic big things that you think, oh, God's so big, he's not interested in me. No, he's interested in that oil in your cupboard. He's interested in that, that money, in that money tin in your cupboard. Do you know the other day, we, we, we made a, Lewis said, I want to make a new money box, Dad. He's got some money for Christmas, so he had his money box. He's really into money at the moment. And I went into his room and he says, Dad, I want to count the money. I want to show you how much I've got. And he counted his money. And, and I knew roughly how much he got. And I thought, hang on, that's £20 more than I thought he got. I said, 20 I said, you're doing well. He goes, I said, how have you got it? He goes, oh, yeah, it's saving, you know. I, was like, I walked downstairs and I was like, bless him. I didn't realize he could save so well. But an hour later, I went into my drawer, got my wallet out, and 20 pounds that was in my wallet was missing. I, said, I shouted upstairs, I said, Lewis, there's 20 pounds missing from my wallet. You took that 20 pounds. That's not the 20. He goes, and he looked and he can't keep a secret. And you know, some of you are thinking, now what, the pastor's son steals? You're thinking, you, you've just, you're not putting that welcome card in that box, are you? Never put a pressure on, on them to be anything. They're, just, they're the same as you. And including me. We're all, all sinners. The one thing I realized quick, I said, give me that 20 pound. But that's my 20 pound and that's going back in my wallet. And he's like, no, it's my. I think he's just, he's just not understanding about money at the moment. But, but I realized something that, God controls the levels. He controls what's in your finances. Now, you've got to steward your finances, but he, he understands. If you're stewarding well, he will help you. If you're not, then you need to get some help and wisdom and guidance. So don't think you can go and blow money and expect God to sort it out for you. Because that's not how he works. We have to be wise, don't we, with our finances. But when we're wise and we trust God, he'll help us. So that is, that's not just a license for you to go and say, right, get home today and sign up to the, the credit card. Think, I'm just going to spend money because God's in control of my finances. No, we need to be wise with how we look after our money. But God is controlling the clouds and he's controlling the containers. He's controlling what is happening in this provision, which we see is endless supply and it never ends. If the worship team want to come back, that would be great. I want to just finish by just showing you this. This final scripture that 
I really felt the Lord just put on my heart this week just to encourage you in terms of the provision and what God wants to do in your life. Because listen, God's not just interested in the source of flow of finances and provision, but he's interested in the source of him in your life. So many of us, are, we're so interested in what he's giving to us and how he's going to help us. We miss the blesser. The story in John chapter 2 of Jesus, and I mentioned it just the, the last time I preached, I think, I mentioned about Jesus when he's at the wedding in Cana in Galilee. And, and he instructs the disciples because his, uh, his mother says, you know, come on, you can, you can sort this problem out with the, with the wine problem. And so Jesus instructs the, the disciples to go and do what he does. And it says, and she says to them, do whatever he tells you. So they're directed by Jesus' words to do what he says. In order to what? To bring transformation from water to wine. So we see a miracle take place. First documented miracle we're seeing of Jesus transforming the water into wine. He has provision. He has miraculous provision. This is like amazing that God would, would touch what seemingly is a small thing to you. Why would God, why would Jesus be interested in helping this wedding out? I want you to just see this in John chapter 2 and verse 9. I think we've got it on the screen. John 2 verse 9. He says this, The master of the banquet... And I'm going to call him here the director of the wedding. Because I've, have you ever been to a wedding and you see the master of the banquet? I mean, I've, wo- I've worked with event organizers. I've worked with these kind of people. They know what's going on. You, you need to know what's going on? Go and see the, the event organizer. Go and see the, the wedding coordinator. Go and see the master of the banquet. He's in charge. I'm telling you, this master of this banquet didn't do a very good job because he didn't get the wine sorted. So his direction... And his instructions were not good enough because the, the wine ran out. He didn't he underestimated their drinking capability. The master of the banquet, it says, tasted the water that had been turned into wine, and he did not realize where it came from. Though the servants who drew the water knew. I I, I felt the Lord speak to me this week. And say this to me very clearly to just encourage you and to just get you to think about how you think about God and your provision for this year. But I felt the Lord said this that people are so interested in my wine, they miss the vine. You see, when He transformed this wine, that wine was not flowing on tap, it wasn't an endless supply. It wasn't, it didn't say, oh, you know, go and tell the master of the banquet, I've made this special, this rock that you just, that you just hit and then wine will flow and you've got constant flow. You can drink, drink, drink and keep on drinking. No, he didn't say that. He converts so much and transforms enough for them, but there's, there's a limited supply. And can I say that there's a limited supply on the blessings of God in church. He wants you to get to know him, not the wine. There's a difference between knowing the vine and the wine. You, get a, you go and get a bottle of wine and you'll find that a wine always points to a vine. You go and look on the shelves, the regions and all the different types of wines are pointing to a vine. They're pointing to a source. And the problem is we're spending so much time sometimes looking at the provisions of God, the wine of God, that we miss the vine. We're missing Him. And notice this, that the master of the banquet, the director of the party, the director of that event did not know where it came from. He only knew the wine but not the vine. But the servants who did it knew. And the difference is this, and as I come to close, is that if you sit in the master of the banquet's chair in your life, the director's chair, and you try to manage everything, sometimes you don't get to know him. He drank the wine but didn't know the vine. He says, he he tasted it but didn't know where it came from. Listen, when you take a servant's position like they did, and you get on your knees and you don't take the director's chair of your life, 
when you get a servant's position, that's the servant's position where you can hear God's voice the most clearest. And you know where all your blessing comes from because it comes from Him. So I want to just encourage you today. The director's in control of your life. Some of you need to get off the director's chair. Get on your knees, humbly, and say, God, I'm not in control. I want to be a servant so I know where it all comes from. I know what you're doing. I know you, not just the blessing. I don't want to just know for 2020 what prospects you're going to give me or what blessing or what position or what. I don't want to know that, Lord. That's secondary. The primary is I want to know where it comes from. I want to know you. Come on, let's stand. Thank you, Lord. See, John chapter 15, Jesus says, I am the vine. I am the vine. You're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Do you know that all along, Elijah knew, he, did, he, he didn't think his provision was from the widow. He knew his provision was from God. He knew where it came from because he knew God directed her. That's the difference. Come on, just every eye closed, every head bowed. Hallelujah. Oh God, we just want to thank you this afternoon. We want to thank you, Jesus. You know everything that's happening right now in our lives. You don't miss a scene. And if we miss a scene, we don't see it, it doesn't mean something's not happening, because your word says that you're always working for us, Lord. Thank you for listening, and we trust that the word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church, or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, We would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.